Welcome to the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy Love. I believe in taking massive action to overcome life's biggest challenges because I know the rewards that lie on the other side. This show is a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to help you level up in your life. Here's to a new you where your dedication, commitment, and staying true to yourself will make your wildest dreams come alive. Let's do this. Seen beloved podcast, we meet Kellen Fluckinger. Kellen, Kellen is an executive, a speaker, performer, and catalyst. Coming from decades of depression, addictions, life threatening illnesses, and a near death experience, Kellen has become the ultimate catalyst to help motivated people melt barriers, move mountains, and mobilize superpower to achieve their true desires. As a coach and keynote speaker, Kellen's masterful approach helps people to get past old barriers, change beliefs, and create a life context to reach even goals they seemed impossible. And he's here to tell us all about it on the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast. Hi, Kellen. Hi, and thank you for having me. And the first thing I want to do is acknowledge you and thank you for the good work you're doing. You know, we have choices about what we do with our love and energy, and you are choosing to add good to the world. And I love oh, it. Thank you. Thank you for that. Best I can. I know there's a lot of people out in the world who really need a pep talk, really need, you know, help and guidance along this journey called business, right? And sometimes it gets difficult trying to do it by yourself and alone. It is and it does. And I, you know, you read that intro and every time I hear part or all of that, it, it sounds like a bunch of marketing hype. And the truth is, as we'll discover in the next few minutes, it's none of it's hype. It's all real and, and, and it has all of the terrifying realities associated with that journey. So I'm grateful to be here. Grateful for those of your listeners that are trying to do business and business really to be most successful should be the most authentic expression of who you really are. I like that authentic expression of who you are. Right. You know, a lot of people put a lot of just a lot of brain work in it. I think it's so tough and so hard, but the reality is once they find a way to just really let go and let be and allow their bankable, I call it bankable gifts to really shine and just think about serving, serving as many people as possible. That's when a transformation arises. So uh, you have an amazing story. I'd love to hear more about that, uh, the trials and tribulations that you've gone through before starting your own business. Can you talk a little bit about that with our listeners? Yeah. So it, it's a weird and long story. When I was a kid, I was raised in a two-parent home that looked like it would be all great from outside. My mom was pretty young when she got married and she didn't know how to be a mom. And she was very fixated on a particular religious context and set of behaviors. And her way of enforcing that was discipline that today would be felony child abuse and used to beat the crap out of me regularly. And I remember hiding in my room wondering why I was so awful that I deserved that every single day. And I remember also, like even in high school, getting dressed last in the locker room because I didn't want anyone to see I was black and blue. And that is as a teenager in high school. But anyway, what that did to me, for me, whatever, is it left me with a certainty in my soul that I was no good. I was not good enough and nothing I ever did would be okay. And so I just sort of shriveled up and went inside myself. I never talked to a soul. Uh, 
began struggling with depression in my teens. And I never talked to anyone about any of that until I was 52. So for the next 35 years, I rode the roller coaster of trying to prove I was okay. I learned how to make money. So I made a lot of money. But behind the scenes, the battleground of my life included three failed marriages. I was married and divorced three times. I want to take a quick break to thank all our listeners, contributors, and give a shout out to Mint Wave Radio for promoting our show in Scotland, the UK, and around the globe. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, or if you are an entrepreneur looking to enhance your communication and connection skills as a leader, contact me at bcmbelove.com forward slash contact. I was in and out of rehab. I had addictions and struggles that were colossal in nature. So I was on the world stage, literally. You know, there was a time in my life when I had bodyguards and made so much money that my $3,000 a week cocaine was not a problem. It was lunch money. So on the front, it was like, wow. And behind the scenes, it was like, ah, this mess, like you would see in a movie. And I lived that way for 35 years. In 2007, wow. In August of 2007, I was single again for the third time. I had four teenagers, have 10 kids. Four teenagers were living with me as a single dad. Three were grown up and married and three were somewhere else. I came home in, on a Friday in, uh, in August of 2007 and was getting ready to go out and binge party for the weekend for two, three or four days. And for some reason, before I went out, I, uh, I felt like I needed to turn on the television, which doesn't sound like anything, except I didn't actually know how. I wasn't a TV watcher, and I'd had the electronics guys come and put in the latest, greatest, whatever, because you buy that stuff, right, when you have all that kind of money. But I didn't watch, so I didn't know how to turn it on. I had to have one of my daughters come in, and she turned on the TV, click, 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 and threw the remote at me and stomped out oh, of the no. room. Dip weed, right? And it landed on some program I'd never heard of, but I, that wasn't weird because I'd never heard of anything. And the name of the program was Intervention, mm. which, if you know, is a reality TV show about family members who stage an intervention for busted relatives. The protagonist in the show was a high ranking executive with a cocaine problem. So I watched about 10 minutes of this and said, yeah, I'm not watching this crap. So I turned it off, did the dishes, did some stuff, got ready to go out. And then I felt compelled to turn the TV back on. So I did. And this time I knew how. So I turned it on and that program started over in the middle of the hour. And no, I don't have a DVR and no, it wasn't on the schedule. And no, it can't do that. I understand. But it did. And so I thought, holy crap, I guess I better watch this. So I did. It went badly. The guy refused all the help, yelled at his relatives, stomped out and, you know, the drill. But it scared me bad enough that I didn't go party. I went to bed. When I went to bed, I went to hell. And what I mean by that is for the next long period of time, I was in a theater uh, watching a drama unfold on the stage. And the focus of the drama was suffering. And it started when I was young, the suffering that had been inflicted on me and went to the present, including all the suffering I had inflicted on others. Because even though I'd been married three times, I didn't know how to be a person. I didn't know how to love. I didn't know how to have a friend or be a friend. And so all of this suffering played out before my eyes, and it was the most terrifying and painful thing I've ever witnessed. At the end of some long period of time, a voice said to me very softly, it is enough. Mm. I, I woke up and the sun was shining in the window, which was weird because my windows faced west. And it was five o'clock Saturday afternoon. So somewhere for 18 hours, I'd been somewhere. 
I got up and realized I'd been invited to change my life. So I threw away a thousand dollars of stuff that I had laying around because I always had that and realized I had to get out of the industry and the business that I was in and had no idea what to do. <clears throat> that was the first half of the divine intervention. I got me sober in one day. I went from 3000 bucks a week to zero stone cold sober overnight. The next piece was two weeks later. I hadn't walked away from the industry yet, which I did shortly thereafter. Uh, because of the position I held, I used to get free stuff. People wanted to be nice to Kellen because I made important decisions. So I used to get free tickets to this and free expensive bottles of this, that, and the other. One thing I got was a pair of tickets to see Yo-Yo Ma, which if you know classical music, you know who that is. Ah, great classical cellist. And if you don't, you don't, that's fine. But I thought, you know, I'd be ashamed to have this other ticket go to waste because I was single. And so I asked the groups that I managed who likes classical music. And some lady in one of the groups said, well, I do. And I said, uh, OK, have I ever given you anything before? No. OK, cool. Here. See you there. So we met at the venue and I knew her sort of, but she was in one of the groups that I managed. She was a project manager and the concert was spectacular halfway through. Now I'm stone cold sober for two weeks at this point, for two weeks. Right. stone cold sober halfway through the show the feeling that i'd had two weeks ago came back i recognized something otherworldly was happening and this voice said in my ear you need to marry this woman and i said you are insane i've screwed that up three times plus some other monstrosities in between that's not happening later that night we were backstage because of course they were backstage passes meeting everybody and the feeling voice came back and said yeah <clears throat> comma and you need to tell her tonight and so i argued like crazy like this is insane she can have me arrested and all the rest mm -hmm. and you don't win those arguments so i did and she did not call the police fortunately but it went about like you would have expected are you out of your mind what are you talking about but within two weeks, she had her own set of experiences. She resigned from her nice career, and I walked away from millions of dollars of contracts. We walked off into the sunset with no idea what to do. And two months ago, we celebrated our 14th anniversary. Oh, the that's reason, an amazing story, yes. The reason that's important is because while I got sober the first time, this angel was sent literally as an angel to help me figure this depression out because I had mm. never talked to a soul. And so she taught me how to be a friend, how to have a friend, how to tell the truth, how to live as a real person. She researched shrink. She found me people to talk to. And she was invincible in her effort to help this get fixed. And her name is Joy. Like, you can't make this stuff up. So that's well, yeah. the turning point. That, that's your life. Wow. What an amazing story. Wow. That that was tremendous. All right. So her name is Joy. Her name is Joy, which is Joy. And for the first time in your life, you're sober and you can hear her. You can hear your soul, your spirit, universe, God, whatever you call them, speak to you. And that's when your life transformed. Now, a lot of business owners think money is the answer. Oh, if I just make some money, if I just become a millionaire. And it's really not all about that because there's a lot of soul searching you have to do within yourself. Money isn't everything. So talk a little bit about that. Uh, the people that you do talk to, the business owners who come to you and Kellen, help me make more money. Help me make more money. How can I make more money in my business? What do you say to them? I say it's really simple. You can have anything you want. 
all the money you want, the cars, house, relax, time, everything you want, you can have that. And it all depends on one thing. It depends on the choice you make about who you are being in the world. Mm. I had all that money. I was a miserable wreck because I was being a miserable wreck who hated myself, that substances were just the window dressing. The real addiction was to self-loathing and doubt. Every person who comes to me saying they want more money, we can do that. But within a month of coaching, starting coaching, we're focusing on who they are being that repels the opportunity, that doubts the progress, that sabotages the growth, where they refuse to take steps that they know they could take and show up in a way they could show up to build on the gifts that they should be maximizing to create the value because money follows value. Wow, money follows value. Now that's an important skill and just understanding and everybody's different. So I'm sure you have to kind of understand where everyone is at this moment, because everyone's, like I said, has different um, life experiences. You know, some people may have gone through depression. I know I've gone through depression too. And I want to talk a little bit about that because recently, as you know, there was a Miss, oh, I don't want to get her name wrong, but Miss America, Miss Universe, who jumped off a 60 foot building because she was depressed. Now on the outside, she looked like she had it all. Gorgeous, gorgeous lady. Always so happy and upbeat on the outside. Even her friends said they didn't know that she was depressed. So for someone like that, how would you find out? How can we find out? How can we help someone who's going through a deep darkness, you know, internally and not allowing that to, to come out and shine, not exposing that to anyone? How do we help people? Like that. So uh, I, I, I finally wrote my own story, Tightrope of Depression, My Journey from Darkness, Despair and Death to Light, Love mm -hmm. and Life. One of 16 books I've written since I turned my life around. The answer to your question is, look, your life is yours. If you live like I did and like she did in the idea that you can't be, you can't show that you're dealing with pain and darkness, you, you're not allowed to do that. You're infected by what I call the Wittot fungus, spelled W-I-T-O-T, -T, and it stands for what I think others think. Mm. And when we live in that place, and I did it, I hid everything. Nobody knew what was going on in my life and what a wreck it was. I had tried suicide twice. I tried, anyway, it doesn't matter. You, you, you own your life and you either live chained to the floor by what I think others think, or you grab control as a sovereign being of the levers of your life and go find the help you need. You know, if you hate yourself or if you hate your life, you know that. And you know it because you consider things like jumping off buildings or doing other things to end it or run away or do whatever it is that manifests the, I, the pressure. And I got to get out of this situation. So, the, the first step is just be kind to yourself. Be kind. The second thing is take, take your own sovereign control. Like my first foray into that was to go talk to somebody. And I even ruined my first few shrinks because I couldn't tell them the truth. And I didn't know how to do any of that. I had to go through a process of learning to tell the truth, even in those settings, because I wasn't willing or able to. But I was finally determined, look, I have ruined my life so far. Mm. 
despite the fact that I have all this stuff, I'm a mess. I won't be here anymore. So her choices were to do what she did or to say, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm not willing to live my life this way anymore. And the first sign of that is to like, I didn't have any support from my family because I was the black sheep. I was disowned. I was off the Christmas card list, not invited to the family reunions, you know, that sort of thing. I'm, you know, persona non grata. So I had to do this alone and then joy came into the picture, but it was still a choice, a choice to say, I'm done with this. I'm simply done. I don't know how to do it. I don't know who to talk to, but I'm not staying here. And so I, the firm decision was, look, I'm not staying here. I got to get help. And I don't even know what help means right now, but I, I know I can't do this by myself because look where it got me. Look where I am right here, right now. I don't even know myself. I don't feel anything. I can't tell the truth. I'm a pathological liar. From day to day, I can go show up and be whoever I need to be. But when the lights go out, I don't know who the heck I am. And yeah. that's, I'm just, I'm done with this life and i don't care who gets mad or hates me or does whatever they do i'm not living this way anymore and then the, the little nibble i gotta do one little thing like answer the question if i took one percent more responsibility for my life today just one percent what would i do well i i I'd do this. i'd ask somebody if they have time to listen i would i would do something you know, to, that would take that first step to getting some help because you obviously, I obviously couldn't do this by myself. Right, right. Yeah, we do need help. All right. It reminds me of the journey I went through of deep depression and it came in the form of glossophobia. It came in a form where I couldn't speak. I couldn't speak to anyone. I couldn't shake anyone's hand. I couldn't answer a phone call or even leave a voicemail. It was that bad. And I got to the point where it said, I said, yeah, right. I'm not going to take it anymore. So I needed to find help. And that's when I joined organizations that could help me because I longed to get out of that. Um, on the outside, everything seemed great because she was always smiling and always seemed so ha happy and upbeat. But when I went back home to myself, by myself, it was just a dark day. I was always in depression. But again, it was thinking about me, 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 me judging me, what are people going to think about when people going to uh, criticize me? Are they going to make fun of me? And when you stop that, stop that and learn to give yourself grace and take the steps forward necessary to overcome those challenges, that's when things start to open up. And now I just love speaking. I love helping. I love serving in so many different areas. So it's come out definitely in my business in a more authentic way. But I wanted to overcome that the, the darkness and it was just invigorating my, my life. And now, you know, life is so much better on the other side, isn't it? Galen? Yes, it is. And you know, here's the thing you, me, we're allowed to stay in that darkness forever. Mm. Nobody's going to make you move. That's but true. If, you, if you're tired of it, then 1% is enough to start. Like you don't have to turn the whole enchilada over in one day, start with one thing, mm. one conversation, one tiny moment or one tiny move. Like you said, you joined an organization. Well, go somewhere to a place, say, do something a little bit difficult, a little bit different, even if it's in a mall with a stranger. So if you flop, nobody cares. And here's the answer. What if people hate me? What if they say this? And what if they, 
you know what? What if they do? Like, like what? I, I had an opportunity to speak at, a, at an event and I was terrified because this was right after I had written Tightrope and I talked about all the stuff that had gone on and it was in the industry I had left. I had been invited back as a keynote oh. at a conference and I was afraid that people knew and they were going to chase me out of the room with pitchforks and torches off the stage. And I was the keynote speaker at this industry event. And I was terrified out of my mind. So I called my coach and I said, I'm scared out of my wits. Mm -hmm. And wisely, he said, okay, cool. What if, what if they do, what's the absolute worst thing that can happen? And so I thought, well, they're probably not going to actually kill me. So I probably won't die. What could they do? Well, they could boo. They could throw things at me on the stage. They could accuse me, could yell. So I summarized it by saying French revolution. They could chase me out with pits, forts and torches. Okay. And he said, all right. So what would you do if they did that? Well, I'd, I'd leave the building and probably wouldn't get invited to do any more. I wouldn't die. I'd run back to my hotel because right. I was in a different city. He said, would the sun come up tomorrow? And I said, yeah. He said, then literally, what would you do? Well, I wouldn't do that anymore. And I'd go back home and do some other stuff. And he said, would you get through this? And I said, well, obviously. He said, not obviously, because you're frozen solid with the idea that you won't. Will you get through this? Yeah, I'll go home and I'll get up and I won't do that again, but I'll go do some other stuff. And so thinking that through with the worst possible thing. I love it. Yes. With some help. And I'm, the sun's coming up and I'm going to go do something else. Yep. I can do this. Because even if they chase mm -hmm. me out with pitchforks and torches, I'm going to get up in the morning and go do something else. Screw you very much. It's all about putting things in perspective. You know, someone told me before, that think think about think fast forward six months in a in the future will you remember this exact situation six months in the future will it affect you and the answer is no no, no. so you have dropped a lot of nuggets in this podcast today Kellen. i thank you so much can you leave our listeners with three tips three of your main main tips on how to really create the impossible yeah. Number one is you heard this incredible story from me and other people's mm -hmm. stories. So tip number one is I'm nobody special. You are just as important to the divine creator as me and anyone else. You have gifts and talents. And so you, this stuff applies to you here, now, today. That's number one. Don't brush it off. Don't say, yeah, but don't do that. You're doing yourself and all those people you could help a disservice. So number one, this applies to you. Number two is learn to love yourself. Mm, that's a big one. Learn to love yourself. We weren't put here to hate ourselves or to live in dark clouds and anger and self-loathing and negativity. It's okay. It's beautiful. It's wonderful to witness a person who truly loves themselves, who's at home in their skin, who is who's able to be present. All that comes, and you've heard all that mumbo jumbo before, but it all comes from truly loving yourself. Mm. And I don't mean self-indulgence or any of that nonsense. I'm talking about loving who you are as a person, as a being of light with some gifts and talents. So yes, this applies to you. Learn to love yourself. And number three is number three. adopt the success cadence. And the success cadence is, I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it, I said it, 
I did it. Where that comes from is we lie to ourselves like breathing. We make commitments to ourselves and we don't keep them. Mm. And we excuse that all the time by saying, well, as long as I do what I'm supposed to for other people, I'm okay. That's backwards. Because what you do when you say any commitment to yourself and you don't keep it is you teach yourself you can't be trusted. So if you make a commitment to yourself and you don't keep it, then shrink the damn commitment. Make it small enough so you do what you say. And so that I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it becomes the truth of your being. Then instead of not trusting yourself, you become the person who does what they say, even in private. Wow. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So pay attention to that. I hope you took notes and wow. All I can say is wow. Now, Kellen, tell our listeners where they can find you. You have a gift and I heard it as soon as you came on today and I'm sure you are magnetic and your teachings are magnetic and a lot of people need to know what you have to offer. And so I know you talked about your book. Um, can you please share your book title again? It's one of 16. So here's real easy. Okay. With a easy. weird name like Kellen Flukiger. Flukiger. <laughs> as long as you spell my name right, I can't hide. So put me, put my name on Amazon. There's books, there's music. I'm a musician. I've owned a studio. I've been in a group that charted number one on Billboard. If you put me in on Google, I can't hide. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Amazon, you, you can connect with me any way you want. And all you have to do is spell my name right. So I'm easy. I'm open. Send a request. Let's have a conversation. Absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Kellen, for being on the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast and just sharing, yeah, just helping our listeners really get over what they're going through right now so they can see the success that lies on the other side. And success doesn't only mean money. Success means having a well-rounded life, a fulfilling life. And that means family, your health, your spirituality, and uh, relationships, relationships and support that will help you to rise in your next level. So uh, great. I, again, thank you. And I'm, as it was an honor to meet you and to be on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted again and want to honor you for the work and love you're doing as you add good to the world with your heart. Thanks again.